0: Hey guys, welcome back to Silicon Street, a podcast on venture capital, technology, and entrepreneurship geared towards college students and young professionals. If you're new to the podcast, go ahead and follow us on Spotify and LinkedIn, and definitely check out all of our existing episodes. We're pumped today to be having Mike Fitzgerald join the show. Mike is a co-founder and partner at High Alpha, a venture studio focused on creating and funding B2B SaaS companies. With that, we'd love to welcome Mike to the show. How have you been doing? Hey guys, good to be with you. Awesome. Mike, so I know I just gave a a brief background on kind of what your current role is, but could you start off just by giving everyone some more background on yourself and kind of how you ended up at High Alpha and your experience with entrepreneurship going into into your role here?
1: Yeah, certainly.
0: certainly. So um,
1: most of my professional background has been in uh, some form of sales or sales management or kind of the revenue side of of different businesses. I started working for a company called Sintas right out of school, which uh, has grown into a, a big uh, company that does uniforms and uh, a bunch of industrial stuff. So I had a a good first experience there. And then I moved into uh, technology and worked for a handful of different software companies, and and uh, mostly selling and um, you know doing doing projects uh, to generate revenue for whatever company I was working for. And then I worked. Uh, uh, for a company in Indianapolis called Exact Target, uh, Exact Target was a marketing tech company that was started in Indy and and uh, grew up. Uh, eventually went public and and was uh, was sold to Salesforce uh, a couple of years after after going public. So I had a good run there. And my role at Exact Target was uh, corporate development. And for us and for most software companies, that that encompasses a few different things. Uh, That was our international expansion. So we were mostly a US-based software company and and before we went public, we we needed to build some international presence. So uh, our team did that. Uh, And then we also did our our M&A work and we bought a few different uh, software companies to kind of help round out the, the exact target product portfolio. Um, and then also our partnerships with uh, with other software companies. So that was kind of my my area of the business at Exact Target. And uh, along the way, got very interested in uh, software businesses and, and uh, how they started and and how they could grow when they were little. Uh, we started a company called uh, Tinderbox in Indianapolis. Another company called Lessonly. And uh, so so got interested along the way in, in both growing software companies as was the case at Exact Target and starting them as we did with Tinderbox and Lessonly and others. And that, that kind of led to
0: High Alpha. Awesome. Uh, that, that's great background. And so could you describe to everybody kind of High Alpha's investment philosophy and your your general philosophy as a as a PC firm. Um, I know we've we've spoken with various um, partners at different venture capital firms. And I know you guys are a venture studio versus, you know, traditional VC firm. And can you explain to everybody what the difference is there between the two? Yeah, sure. Sure. Let me, let me, let me take the,
1: the venture studio concept first. Uh, When we, when we started High Alpha, I've got three partners and we knew that we wanted to work with really early stage companies. We actually wanted to uh, start software companies. Um, We, wanted to stay in the area that we knew and understood, which for us was business to business software. So, you know, as differentiated from consumer software. So we were, we shrunk the universe a little bit by saying, Hey, we want to, we want to work with B2B companies. Uh, And then we, we, we stripped out most things like, uh, like healthcare or financial services, things that were very specialized. So we created a swim lane for ourselves in, in business to business software based on experience that we had uh, with other companies, namely Exact Target, And that, that was a, an area that, that we felt we could be, uh, be good at in terms of starting new companies. And so the studio really consists of two pieces. Uh, the first is uh, our team of about 40 uh, employees, and, and we are looking for uh, ideas uh, that, that match up to unmet needs. So you think about a company that has an unmet need and is that a need that we can address with software? And if so, is that something around which we could start a company? And uh, you know, that's really our that's really our thought process. If you came and visited us at High Alpha, that's that most of the work uh, revolves around trying to identify unmet needs and then uh, building software that that could address those needs and starting companies to to do so. So uh, the uh, the 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 team of about 40 people over the last six years, we've started 29 companies that really all fit that description, and these are brand new independent Delaware C corps that that we that we start from scratch and we we work with and recruit a lot of people uh, into that ecosystem who who want to run those companies. So. Uh, We, we, we co-found those businesses with the CEO and sometimes a technical co-founder, sometimes others and, uh, and the studio, at least for the first year or two really behaves as a co-founder. So we work together uh, with those folks to get the business up and going. And then we remain involved uh, on the, on the board of those companies as they get a little bit bigger and have some more independence. So that's one part of the, of the platform. And the other is is Alpha Capital, and that is a that's a, a venture fund uh, we're currently gotcha. investing out of our third fund, which is uh, 110 million dollars, and the two pieces uh, work well together, right? So you've got the studio where we're starting the companies, and you've got the fund that is investing in early stage business to business software companies, and um, the fund really invests in two. Two profiles. The first is a studio company that we that we start, and so the fund reserves capital to go into each studio company that that we uh, that we launch. And then the second profile would be a company that we don't start, but that is also an early stage business-to-business software company. So if you look on our website at the at the portfolio of companies in, in which Alpha Capital has invested, you will see both companies that we've started in the studio in companies that, you know, that, that we did not start, um, but that we, we invested in. Mm. So that's kind of, that, that's, uh, that's a little bit of our version of a venture studio. You know, since we started in 2015, uh, and, and we, we certainly don't claim to be the, the first and only, but uh, this idea of a venture studio has really exploded. There are now yeah. probably two or three hundred venture studios across the country and around the world. And, um, you know, we, we, we get together with other people building venture studios and kind of learn together and share best practices, but it's, it's really becoming, or, or maybe even has become a, a category or an asset class in venture that is uh, quite different from, uh, just a, a, a straight up venture firm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic background on kind of the, um, the business that you guys are running. Um, I'm curious if you could explain a little bit why you chose um, SaaS or even specifically B2B SaaS, like, especially from kind of a unit economics perspective, like why, why are you focusing on that compared to maybe other types of businesses?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Kind of I think, um, my partners and I had never run a venture firm before, you know, we're, we're operators, we've been building software companies and, and, uh, and so, we talked to a lot of people about uh being you know being professional investors and how to allocate capital and raise money and so forth and one of the things that we heard loud and clear that made a lot of sense to us was focus um this this is a a tough business uh you're wrong a lot and um (laughs) and and so um the idea of of kind of shrinking our consideration set into a really specific area in which we had operated for, you know, collectively for years and years and years, mm-hmm. uh, we felt like it just kind of made sense to us, right? Um, I, I could look at a, a healthcare deal and, you know, I, I'm, uh, man, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, how's, how's the regulatory environment work or uh, are, you, are doctors going to prescribe this? I, I don't know. And I don't really have anything in my background that would, yeah. that would cause me to be better at that than somebody else. But if you want to talk about, uh, you know, a software company that's selling to other businesses, well, uh, I, I can I can relate to the people who are running that company because I've done that job. I can uh, relate to the challenges that they have, challenges they have in hiring people and structuring a, a contract, in winning a deal, um, in raising money, right? All those things. So it was, it was less, uh, you know, it was less kind of attraction to, Hey, wow, I think this is going to be great. And it was, it was more, uh, we felt we had a better chance at being really good at this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, you have kind of the two facets of the business, the venture studio and more of the, the venture firm. Could you describe a little bit about kind of what, what you actually do on a day to day, um, like as a partner in high alpha and what that looks like? Yeah, sure.
1: Um, so as I mentioned, I, I've got three partners and, and then we've got a team of probably 35 or so other other folks uh, on the team that, that work with us. And uh, I, uh, I I tend to focus on a lot of the operational work. So for example, we're, we're going to run a sprint week in a couple weeks, which is our activity to decide which is the next company we're going to start and kind of run a a process. We look at a bunch, we narrow it down, we narrow that down. And then we run the sprint week to decide uh, which of the two or three uh, companies we want to start. So at the moment, uh, I'm doing a lot of negotiation with the people that would participate in that sprint week and kind of deciding uh, if we were to start a new company, uh, what that looks like, uh, who owns how much of the company, how much money is being put in. Uh, what's the board structure going to be, that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the kind of uh, uh, work that, you know, that I happen to be doing this week. Uh, you know, next week, it may, it may be a little different, but my partners and I make decisions really as a group uh, and, and, and all venture firms work slightly different. You know, some venture firms are more individual and a partner going to do a deal on his or her own. Uh, we tend to do things as a group. And then we've got our, our functional areas, you know, my partner Christian works heavily on marketing and branding and design. Uh, my partner, Eric has got a great background in product and has built uh, three companies before uh, coming to high alpha. So he's he's really got a, a builder's perspective for entrepreneurs. And then yeah. Scott was uh, yeah. the co-founder and CEO of exact target. So he's, you know, he's been in the CEO chair for most of his professional life and and uh, and, and he tends to help with you know fundraisings and and helping our, our CEOs uh, navigate business building so we've all got our, our areas uh, of, of focus or expertise but there's a lot that we a lot that we do together
2: yeah absolutely and and so you mentioned um, you know part of part of your day is is spent with this uh, this funnel you mentioned um so, could you describe a little bit how you guys like come up with the ideas um, for to to kind of be in the venture studio? Like, how are you finding uh, founders? Like, what companies are you starting? Because I know I've talked to a, a nerd name alum who's who has a venture studio, and and they kind of will maybe come up with some ideas that they think are potential businesses, and then go find founders to to do those. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious what what that looks like from High Alpha's perspective.
1: Yeah. So, so we, we've got a, we've got a team uh, called our business design team and, you know, they, they go back to that model of trying to find an unmet need. And how do you do that? Well, you got to talk to people who are, who are in these companies, right? So you got to talk to people running sales or people running finance or people running marketing. And it's a, it's a, interesting conversation. You kind of have to get them talking about, uh, uh, what, what's working and what isn't, and what do you wish that you had that you don't have? And sometimes you've got to be, uh, even more subtle than that and just say, Hey, tell me, you know, tell me about your business and, um, what are your, you know, what are you trying to achieve this quarter? Uh, what are the tools that you're using? Uh, what, what, uh, I me mean, what what's a gap right now what's something that you you've got to get done but you're not sure how that's going to get done uh, often we'll ask about things that frustrate them you know software has mm-hmm. been around now for quite a while and and uh, <clears throat> sometimes there's a there's a software tool that's just uh, it, it was good ten years ago but it's not good today and it needs to be reimagined and, and recreated and reinvented um, in other cases you have advances right I mean um, uh, voice, is a is a really good example. Uh, today there are a couple of companies, uh, one called Chorus and one called Gong that that have become really integral to uh, to selling. And they record calls like the one that we're doing right now. And they would give me if I was trying to sell you guys, you know, they would give me feedback on um, uh, my asking of questions versus telling you about features, right? All that stuff. That's something again that didn't exist even you know five or ten years ago. So so. Our business design team is really uh, involved in in listening and asking good questions, and then trying to build a thesis to say, "Hey, I've heard this now two or three times from several different people in different industries, and I think there's a real opportunity here." And we kind of debate that as a team. We get together uh, usually a couple times a week, and uh, with a, with a bigger group internally, and and. Uh, and kind of challenge each other. Hey, I don't get that, you know, I know you yeah. heard that Alex three times, but I, I still don't get it. I don't think that's gonna work. Um, and then we'll do some pressure testing uh, during Sprint Week where uh, we will uh, structure that time to talk to, you know, sometimes 10, 20, 30 people that would be the buyer of that, of that new, new software solution and, and really kind of get real with them and say, okay, we're gonna go build this. You wanna be our first customer? And, and that's when people kind of say, whoa, wait, I mean, yeah, I think it's a good idea, but I don't want to buy it. Right. Uh, so, so we have to get into that. Um, we have to get into that, uh, level of discussion so that we can get some conviction about, about an idea. Uh, often that comes through our own work, right? The business design team and the high alpha team, uh, other times it will come from a partner. So we've got a couple examples where, uh, another investor who doesn't run a studio, but maybe invests as a, as a venture partner comes to us and says, Hey, I think there's a really big gap in the market. And we've been looking for a company that does X and we, you know, we just can't find one. Maybe, maybe one should be started. Uh, mm. We've got a company in our portfolio called Trava that is in the uh, cybersecurity uh, cyber insurance space, uh, Connor, and uh, um, that, that came from uh, uh, an investment partner who said, we think that a company needs to exist uh, to do this and we haven't found one and we'd like to invest in one. And so Trava was really built as the partnership between us and that, and that uh, venture firm. So they, the, the ideas can come from different places, we're open. We try to keep a pretty wide filter at the top so that we're listening and, and uh, can, can be open to the different sources of a, of a new idea. And then we run it through our process, and it, you know it has to compete against other ideas to uh, to kind of win. And if and the ones that win, uh, we we uh, we put some money in and we we start the
0: business. Perfect. And and Mike, so that that's great background on the venture studio. And I I noticed um, that you're also a board member at High Alpha Innovation. Um, and you know I read a little bit about it, but could you expand a little bit? on what High Alpha Innovation is and explain to the listeners kind of how that um, arm of, of High Alpha kind of fits into the rest of your strategy. Yeah, sure.
1: So uh, an interesting thing happened shortly after we started High Alpha. Uh, and that was, as we're out having conversations with, with these uh, other companies, these big companies saying, hey, what, sure. what needs do you have? What problems are you experiencing? Uh, they kind of turned the conversation around and said, um, tell us what you're doing. And you know, we said, basically, we're, we're building a studio to start new software companies. And what we learned was there are a lot of companies out there, bigger companies often, that are looking for their next thing. And historically a big company would buy another company right if they if they're looking for growth or they're looking for a product expansion or something you know they that they would acquire and they and they still do uh acquisitions are kind of high risk a lot of them don't work and they're quite expensive uh the other thing they can do is put money into r&d say hey we've been doing it this way for 50 years we're gonna we're gonna uh, put put more money into research and development, and 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 pay people to come up with the next product or the next offering that we have. Uh, and what we what we heard, and what really gave birth to Half Innovation, was a number of companies saying, uh, "We think it would be better to start a new company uh, inside of our big company, and uh, and try and, and allow that." that business to have a life of its own, even have a structure of its own, have employees of its own, right? And and what we find, and there's a lot been written on this by Clay Christensen and others over, over the last 20 years, big companies have a very difficult time innovating. A lot of uh, you know, a lot of them operate very efficiently and, and yeah. they make money and and you know, doing something as risky as starting a new business that may or may not work is kind of antithetical to good management practices.
0: Sure.
1: So, so uh, after a number of those conversations, uh, we we brought a, a guy named Elliot Parker into our business that that we had known and worked with before. Uh, Elliot's a really really smart uh, business leader and and he's very entrepreneurial, and so we we thought he'd be a great fit for this. And after working at High Alpha for a little while, we 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 all decided High Alpha Innovation needs to be a business of its own because uh, we had. An increasing number of these large companies saying, "Hey, we, we want to do what you're doing. Will you help us?" And uh, you know that that's uh, that's intriguing for sure. Uh, but we had we had also raised a bunch of money from investors to go build software companies, right? Our core business, and uh, we wanted to focus on that and make sure that we weren't distracted. So so Elliot uh, is the CEO of Health Innovation. It's it's a uh, it's an independent company, and gotcha. Uh, he's really taking he and his team, which has now grown considerably. They're taking the learnings of High Alpha Studio, and uh, they're they're helping apply those to to uh, big companies all over the country. Uh, they had just an incredible first full year in business in 2020. They're 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 growing as fast as anything in our portfolio, and. Um, you know, I think honestly, time will tell. But I think it was a really good decision on on uh, Elliot's part and and with my partners to really separate this and kind of give it life of its own, uh, so that we can, you know, High Alpha can focus on uh, our core business and High Alpha Innovation is not constrained at all. They they're doing great work. M- much of it involves software, but not all of it, yeah. uh, because uh, they've now got a, a very diverse uh, set of clients.
0: Yeah. No, that's super interesting. I mean, we've talked to, we spoke with the chief futurist at Deloitte a couple of days back, um, and a couple of partners at various kind of design thinking consulting firms. And it's such an interesting space, thinking at large corporations and how they can innovate. If like we could have a, a whole episode just on that, on high elf innovation. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and uh, you, you know, Elliot is is become uh, quite an authority. I mean, I, I, I would yeah. I would offer that he's he's uh, he's He's got as much uh, really good critical thinking on this topic as, as anybody in the country. He, he previously worked at a company called Insite, which was run by Clay Christensen. He was there for several years, so gotcha. he's really been uh, you know professionally engaged in this topic for for uh, many many years. And uh, you know the the idea yeah. of starting something new, all of the risk and uncertainty that comes with that, but uh none of the constraint or or as little of the constraint as possible of of a bigger company that makes sense to a lot of people if you've worked in a big business and you've tried to start something new uh you know the 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 kind of defense mechanism inside of most big companies which is there for a reason uh you know it it it's uh it it, it's hard it's hard to hard to push through and so i think some of the ideas that we've been working on uh just trying to give birth to software companies uh, they 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 really um, they can apply very well to to a big company.
0: Yeah yeah certainly no it, it makes a lot of sense and to, in from the perspective of both you know obviously you guys on startup side and the, and the large corporation so but to move on from from that a little bit where I, I kind of want to talk about the kind of exit strategy that you guys look at at High Alpha and, and especially in B two B SaaS so you know you mentioned that you and a couple of co founders from Salesforce Exact Target and various other companies. Um, kind of came from that acquisition and your entrepreneurial background and, and experience in SaaS and, and software. But, you know, obviously these large tech, fr- these large software firms, you know, your Salesforce, your Microsoft, that type of stuff are, are able to make very large acquisitions and, uh, and at least a number of them in a given year if they, if they would like. Outside of mm-hmm. these biggest players in the industry, when you move down to kind of these mid-sized players, what, what does ac- acquisition activity look like in that space? And is that something that you're seeing kind of increasing? Does that have kind of tailwinds and any sort of indication for the future of, of B2B SaaS? Uh,
1: yeah, I think I think what you see in the market right now is uh, the, you know, the big players, you mentioned a number of them, right? Salesforce, Adobe, Microsoft, etc. I mean, they, they they have now gotten so large in terms of their, their uh, revenue and their market cap and so forth that they uh, they struggle to buy small companies uh, unless yeah. there's something very, very specific that they want. Um, I, I would also suggest that you know the number of uh, you know mid-sized companies, which still have multi-billion-dollar uh, yeah, market right. caps, they, they have they have the same need. It's just on a different scale, right? So if you're if you're a, a mid-sized software company and maybe you're public or you will be soon, and you you, you have a you know, multi-billion dollar market cap, uh, you have the same need, which is you have been growing, uh, 50%, 70% year over year. Uh, a lot of the value of your business is, is tied to that growth. And, uh, the, the, the law of big numbers takes over and now you're another year older and, and, and bigger, and you still have to grow at that, at that clip. And, so you're going to look around and you're going to say, uh, is, there a, is there a geography that I'm not in? Hey, we don't have enough presence in Europe. Let's buy something in Europe and, and have more presence there. Or you're going to say, uh, we need to expand our product line, right? We've got three offerings. What could we add to that product line that our sales team could absorb that would be consistent with our marketing message? And and let's go buy it. Uh, you know Those companies even in that mid stage have got to get creative when their organic growth uh, begins to slow. And uh, I mean, there, there are many cases of this, right. Where you look around and, and uh, even the most creative companies uh, among us uh, still have that pressure of organic growth slowing and, and buying other businesses is, is something that they, uh, that, that they do for growth. So I, I, I believe in, in, um, I think there's evidence of this. I believe that that it is not only the mega tech companies who will continue to be acquisitive, because as long as uh, market caps and their valuations are are propped up and, and fueled by growth, then sure. they're going to have to grow, right? They're all going yeah. they're all going to have to grow, and that's why you know we feel good about building uh, next generation uh, SaaS companies, and and we think uh, if we do our job, uh, many of them will will uh, be fast growers and therefore be attractive uh, to be independent standalone companies that can raise capital and, and have a, an independent path. Uh, and some of them that will be fast growers that others look at and say, hey, I need that product or I need that technology or I want that team and, uh, and you know they, they, they might get acquired. We, we honestly, uh, guys, we don't think too much about that at the early stage, right? We're sure. we're literally at the inception of the business. And so um, uh, we, we think about building a, a durable company that can last for a long time. And we know that if they're doing a great job, they'll have plenty of options. They'll have options to run independently. They'll have options to raise capital and grow faster. And there probably is a big company out there that would that would love to add them to their portfolio. So I know people at later stages of venture probably give that a lot more thought uh, mm-hmm. uh, because they're closer to what a potential exit would be. Sure. Um, we see it in the market like others, but we don't we don't spend too much time on it.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And to to wrap up, Mike. Um, so obviously you started High Alpha. There's like an uncertainty in starting something new, but then there's also the uncertainty of kind of the startups that you're you're funding and, and working with right so there's kind of a a, a double uh, double uncertainty there I'm curious what kind of your biggest lessons are from from kind of starting high alpha um, and kind of how you went about like convincing people to join at the beginning um, from that perspective
1: yeah um, I actually think that during the period of time that we've been Building High Alpha, you know, just call it the last five or six years. Uh, I think folks are more open to joining something that is that is new. Uh, you know, we 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 don't really sell people on on coming to High Alpha. We try to tell them in uh, as transparently as we can what what it's all about, what it's going to be like, highs and lows. Uh, what, what does this look like if it goes well? What does this look like if it goes poorly? And I think the people that come join us either at high alpha proper or into our, you know, into these portfolio companies as they're getting started. Um, you know, what I hear many of them say is, uh, I, I, I want to, I want to make a different impact, right? You can Mm -hmm. be in a very big company and you're going to have a very specific role, right? Narrowly defined. But if you didn't show up at work, you know that 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 one specific thing that you do, uh, uh, you know, the the that causes that causes some problems, right? I mean, yeah. big companies, well run yeah. well run big companies are are machines, and and people play an important role in that. But your your uh, your contribution may be harder to see because you're part of that bigger machine, and and you contrast that with a you know, we just started a company a couple of weeks ago, there's three employees, um, right? So if you're one of those three employees, you don't, we don't have a machine yet, right? We don't, even, we're not even sure what kind of machine we're supposed to build. Mm. And so no. the, the work that you're doing is important, but it's in a very different way, right? So when you show up at work, uh, there's not a lot there. And uh, you're, you're working with your other two colleagues, and you're trying to figure out, you know, what's the product that we're supposed to build? And are people going to buy it? So I think that we just we just try to expose that and say, hey, it's the, the grass isn't greener over here. It's just very different, right? And and if that sounds interesting to you and fun to you, then you probably belong working with us. If that kind of freaks you out, uh, you know, don't don't kid yourself, right? I mean, stay in the bigger machine and do the very important work that you're doing, and and uh, and 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 be be happy over there. So you know, because it's not it's not a good it's not good for anybody if, if, if I can talk someone into coming in and, and working at yeah. <laughs> a brand new startup. I mean, it's uh, it, that, that, that's not, that's not a good thing. So that, that's kind of how we talk to people about it. And, and, you know, I happen to believe that, right. I, I, uh, I personally like to have my hands on a lot of different things, some of which are working, some of which aren't, some of which give me energy and get me pumped up and others are, are, you know, feel really difficult. Um, and, and, but I, I, like, I like working in that environment. And uh, so we, we just look for people who, who say, yeah, that's, I, I get it. Uh, and that's, that's what I want to, that's what I wanted to do. And fortunately, um, you know, we've been uh, you talk about what we, what we've learned. Um, we, we've been, we've been fortunate to have good access to capital. We've got great investors that believe in us and they have believed in us and they will continue to believe in us. And uh, we don't think there's any shortage of ideas, right? I mean, business is moving and changing as fast as it, as it ever has. We started 11 companies in 2020. There's more companies than we started any year prior. So we think there's plenty of ideas. So if you've got access to capital and you believe that there are plenty of good ideas, you know, what's, what's, the, what's the third part of that stool that you gotta have? Mm-hmm. And it's people it's, it's, you know, people that want to sign up and come work with you. And, and, uh, and that's what we spend the vast majority of our time on is trying to find, uh, trying to find, uh, people who want to do this, that are the right people that match up to the right idea. And, uh, you know, your earlier question about how I spend my day, if I were answering it differently, I would say it, the vast majority of it is, is, uh, is finding, finding people and, and working yep. with those people and trying to set them up for success. And, mm-hmm. and, um, that, that's that's we spend a lot of time doing that
2: yeah absolutely especially at such a early stage it's so critical uh to, to have great people with the team um it yeah, is it is yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. yeah so that kind of wraps up the main questions we had but we'd love to do uh a quick five questions rapid file fire style they're more like just fun questions not really related to high alpha um so like yeah try to go for like 10 15 second answers um okay but- love it Great. All right. So we'll jump into it. So first, uh, what book are you reading right now, or what's one that you'd recommend? Ooh.
1: Um, Bill Gates has a new book on, on climate change that I just got uh, a couple of weeks ago. And um, we've started to invest a little bit in, in uh, software companies that are working in and around climate. So mm-hmm. I've just started that, but uh, I got a lot to learn.
2: Great. Um, so, what skill are you trying to develop right now, or what's an area that you want to learn more about?
1: Um, what skill am I uh, working on? Um, I, I think I, I, I'm getting older. I, I turned. Uh, I just turned fifty, and I'm. I'm. Uh, I want to make sure that I can relate to, to younger people. Like I've always looked at folks in a professional sense who've become out of touch for one reason or another. And I, and I really don't want that to happen. So I don't want to fool myself or try to fool others that I'm still, you know, 20 something, but I I want to be able to relate to, to younger people in a, in a professional environment. So that's, that's something I think about. Not sure how to work on that skill, but it's top of mind.
2: (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah, sounds good. Um, how do you stay up to date with the latest developments in your industry and tech entrepreneurship? Are there any like new sources that you recommend?
1: Um there's an overwhelming uh number of news sources. (laughs) And that's that's you know, that's that that's part of the problem, uh, or not problem. I guess it's just a challenge. Uh that's so many. You know, my my, I mentioned I've got three partners and we started using uh, Voxer a lot, just kind of voice notes Mm -hmm. and uh, and included in those Voxer strings are just, uh, uh, you know, articles or references. So I think instead of following one, you know, media outlet, um, uh, there are certain people from whom I kind of count on getting, uh, getting really good information could be a link to an article or a podcast or a video or something like that. And that's, that's kind of become my go-to as opposed to, you know, reading certain things every single day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Uh, who is your favorite CEO, either current or past and maybe mm-hmm. why? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, uh, well, my partner Scott is my is my my favorite uh, my favorite CEO. I, I worked for him at Exact Target for several years, and I, I work with him here at High Alpha. And uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting because we're very good friends. We've known each other for a long time. But um, uh, I think a hallmark of a really good leader and, and often a really good CEO is just that you uh, you, you can continually learn from them. Uh, and, uh, you know, Scott, Scott is, is that for me, I, I, I get to work alongside of him and have now for, for, I don't know, 12 years, something like that. But, uh, uh, there's, there's, uh, there's a, there's a lot to learn from a really, really good leader that you are fortunate enough to be around.
2: Yeah. And finally, if you could start a company in any industry, which would you choose? Obviously, you started the Venture Studio and you fund a lot, but if you had to pick kind of one to go with, what would you do?
1: Hmm. Um. My wife and my family and I all love to travel, uh, and we've been really lucky to travel all over the all over the world. And uh, I think that. Travel is a very, very interesting uh, industry, and um, I, 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 I'd, I'd love to start a business if we could figure out how to make money in, in the travel industry.
0: Awesome. Well, I think Mike, those are great answers, and thank you for, you know, your insights into Venture Studio and High Alpha and and B two B SaaS generally. I think everyone has a lot to learn from this from this episode. So, again, thank you so much for for joining us, and um, I, I hope you enjoyed coming on.
1: Yeah appreciate it very much guys I appreciate the, the prep and the great questions and uh, I wish you wish you well with the, with the podcast.